Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the last day work of the ministry, it is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. And we had the former reign, Acts the second chapter. And there still remains a latter reign. Ask ye ask of the Lord, reign in the time of the latter reign, and the Lord will make bright clouds and forth showers every one grass in the field. Zechariah 10, 1. We see there in the book of the Revelation, most people look at it and say, it's doom and gloom. It doesn't look like there's any way there is a great move of God there at all. And they think there's only two men that are in the spirit of Elijah and Moses that are going to be during the time, times and a half, three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. So that's where confusion comes in. So they have uh, promulgated that there's a proclaiming a pre-tribulation rapture. Now Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come and suffer them and he with me. And they think because they want the church gone where there's no tribulation or persecution. That's slight siding with Mr. Babylon the Great. Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of Barnabas' abomination of the earth there, states that I am a queen, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow. The sorrow is tribulation or birth pains. Jesus stated in Mark, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that these are the beginning of sorrows, talking about kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, wars and rumors of wars, famine, pestilences, all these are the beginning of sorrows, earthquakes in diverse places. Sorrows are birth pains. And the more the frequency and intensity of the judgments of God are for birth pains for the church to bring forth Christ in them, the hope of glory. That is the last day work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. That will be revealed in and through the body of Christ and uh, the ultimate consummation will be the second advent. But before then, there will be a time, times, and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry. Now, Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. And who shall declare his generation? That generation will be counted for the seed. So we see in Revelation 10, 11, and 12, these three chapters talk about a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. It speaks of the last day work of the ministry, which the body of Christ is called for. We see in Revelation 10 that John has and sees their work of the ministry himself. He is giving us things that will come to pass. The things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Now, John is going to reveal that to us. And Jesus states there, he stands at the door and knock. If any man 
hears his voice. Now the time is coming, and now is when Jesus said, when they will hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. We have to hear the voice. In order to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, we must know the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. To know that voice is not just to know the person of Jesus, that he is the Father. That's little children. We know that because John states in 1 John 2, 12-14, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. That's the person of God. Jesus Christ is that singular person. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. Son of God is the Father revealed. The Son of Man, the Kingdom Office, one and the same Spirit not a different spirit. Now, that's what's being revealed all over the world now. However, there's a work, not just knowing the person of Jesus, that he is the Father of glory, but also the work of the ministry, what we are all called for in the body of Christ. Whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And them that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And that work of the ministry will be only those that's come to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ to reveal Jesus. If the body of Christ is going to reveal Jesus in the last day, gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world, for witness unto all nations, she must be full grown, or she can't reveal Jesus to the nation. She has to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the perfecting of the saints in full maturity is essential for the work of the ministry. We see in Ephesians 4.11 that God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. That is the first step. The body of Christ must come unto perfection, full maturity. And that has four stages of growth. When we come in, born-again Christians, we are newborn babes. These babies desire the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. Well, they're certainly not full-grown. Well, that They desire the milk of the word. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness, as Paul states in Hebrews 5. They're those that are of full age, weaned from the milk. They have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil, and they are skillful in the word of righteousness, that is, growing up into Jesus in all truth. But righteousness has to be obeyed. Obedience under righteousness which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness as revealed by Paul in Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members of servants to obey him of the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin and the death, even though we have the Holy Ghost, or of obedience, hearing the voice of Jesus and obeying that through these exceedingly great and precious promises whereby we're made protectors of his divine nature and we escape the corruption of the world through lust. That is not a rapture. We we will uh, be driven into the wilderness, just as Jesus 
whenever he began his ministry at age 30, because a high priest took his office at age 30, and Jesus, as a man under his own law, then must fulfill the law as a man, our kinsman redeemer. There, the law states that the high priest takes his office at age 30. Numbers 4 states that. Well, Jesus, being about the age of 30, is going to begin his ministry. It will last there for three and a half years. He's born in tabernacles, and he's going to be crucified in Passover, or a three and a half year, 42-month ministry. But there remains another three and a half year, 42 months, 1,203 score days ministry of Jesus. The work of the ministry will be carried out through the body of Christ. Jesus was cut off, but not for himself. And in the midst of the week, he caused the sacrifice and oblation to cease. There, there was no more need for the sacrificial uh, blood of bulls and goats, etc. There, because Jesus once and for all, uh, through his offering, there made the supreme sacrifice for our propitiation of our sins, the expiating of our sins, the washing away of our sins, buried in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. But there still remains the work of the ministry for three and a half years, because Jesus will confirm his covenant with many for one week. The covenant to the people is Jesus Christ. It's not a league of Satan. It is the covenant. He will confirm the covenant with many for one week. That week is a heptad, not a shavuot. A heptad is a week of years. Well, Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, three and a half years. And for the overspreading of abominations, he was going to make it desolate, and that determined will be poured out upon the desolate. So there, in the last days, the work of the ministry is upon the church of the living God. The burden is upon us. The Lord has already paid and made the way, the truth and the life for us, the body of Christ, to reveal Jesus to the world. That is this gospel of the kingdom being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. That has never happened yet. We will have the fullness of it when this body of Christ are sanctified holy, called to be saints. A saint is one that is sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. And Jesus stated that in John 16. He was going to the cross. Jesus stated to his disciples, I have many things to say unto you, but you're not able to bear it now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, the spirit of truth, it will lead you and guide you into all truth. Not partial truth, all truth. So we see that happening in Revelation 10. John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming in the spirit of Elijah. Howbeit, when they ask Jesus coming off the Mount of Transfiguration, why the disciples of John say that Elijah must come first? Jesus stated Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, all truth, all things of faith. Well, we see that in Acts 3, 20 and 21. 
for the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all truth. And we are told there that he gave this fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. When we see in Song 8, that Canticles of Solomon, that he said, Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman. And Solomon, you must have a thousand. Thousand is perfected glory. No one lived to be a thousand years old. There we find the oldest man ever lived was Methuselah. 969 years old. No one made it to a thousand years. And that would be perfection. And Adam, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Jesus is that man, that servant, who is the Lord Jehovah revealed. We see that in Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Isaiah 43, 10 through 17. Now the Lord has already done it. <clears throat> but there still remains this gospel of the kingdom to be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Well, that will only be done through the full mature ones. Uh, and a newborn baby comes in is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5 states that. But then we go to the next step. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And you've known the father. 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Well, that's the next stage of growth. You went from a little baby to now little children. A newborn babe desires that sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. But then the little children know that Jesus is the Father, the Father of glory. Jesus said, if you know me, you'd know the Father. For henceforth you both know him and have seen him, Philip. The words that he speak, uh, the words that I speak, Jesus said, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, a permanent dwelling, a permanent manifestation, a permanent revealing, a permanent tabernacle of God, a permanent abode. He's the one that's doing all the works. That proves that Jesus is the Father of glory, as he stated in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. That is a requisite for coming unto the measure of the statue of Jesus, and that is not full grown, but it is a growth from the newborn babes to little children. But that's not all. Then we go to the next step. We know that Jesus is the person of God Almighty, the Father of glory. But now we go into the work, the work of the ministry, what we are all called for in the body of Christ. And we see that in Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. You have to be full grown. So now we're going from the person of Jesus, that is uh, the newborn babes that desire that sincere milk that they may grow thereby, to little children. They know that Jesus is the Father. They know the person of Jesus. Now we go to young men to know the work. And the work of the ministry is what we're called for. And he said... Uh, there, the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, 
Now, that's not the person, that's the work, what we are all called for, to manifest Jesus through the body of Christ, each individual member in particular, they're coming forth in one body, fitly framed together, compacted through the measure of each part, the measure of faith given to reveal the fullness of Christ to this last, this last generation. This seed that shall be counted for the generation is the Christ generation. That's the reason in Matthew 1, you see there's 42 generations of Christ. Jesus, his genealogy. Well, from Abraham to David, 14 generations. From David to carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. Then we want to make sure we understand until Jesus is 13 generations. Who is called Christ, which is the 14th generation, there are the 42nd generation. That Christ generation is revealing Christ in them, the body of Christ that has come unto perfection. Not just newborn babe, not just little children that know he's the father, but are prepared and know the work of God and will proclaim it in the last days. The gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world for witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. That stage there is the young men. We see that in, again, 1 John 2, 12-14. John states, I write unto you, young men, that's the Christ in you, that have grown from babies to little children to young men. I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. Well, that's the overcomers of Revelation, the second and the third chapter in the revelation of Jesus Christ. They're the ones that hear the voice of Jesus and see what is lacking yet in perfection. When we start with the church at Ephesus, he tells them, he tells them the good that they've done, have denied his name, but he has somewhat against them. He's saying, this is where you're missing the mark. This is what you lack to become perfect to the full measure of the statue of Jesus. Notice when he states this then to the church at Ephesus that each church that he talks to in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, I know thy works. It's the work of the ministry that he's talking about here. But notice as he, each church that Jesus uh, admonishes what they're lacking what they need to do for perfection because Jesus is looking for perfect works, works that accompany salvation. And that's where the denominal church world has missed it, saying there, uh, there are no works. We are servants of righteousness, and that is obedience required. And that's what's been literally laid beside and told the body of Christ, no, you don't have to. Obey under righteousness, no obedience. That's a lie. And therefore, in Romans 6, Paul said that whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, even you that have the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that you must obey obedience under righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. We have to be full grown. Only the ones that come to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ will be used for the work of the ministry. 
So the perfecting of the saints is first, and that is we've going from the little children that know the person of Jesus, that he is the Father, to the work. Now, the work of the ministry is the work of Christ in them, revealing Jesus to the world. It's the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus that this kingdom of God is preaching to all the world for a witness unto all nations, God confirming this word with signs, wonders, and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will in Hebrews 2. Paul states that, well, to come unto perfection, there we're going into the work, having eyes, the aim, the fountain of the waters of life, the eyes before and behind of the living creatures. Those are the ones that are coming unto perfection. They will be the ones that will preach this everlasting gospel. They are the ones that will be the fathers that know him that's from the beginning. It's not enough to stop at young men and just be overcomers. The overcomers there are revealed in Revelation the second and the third chapter. In each one, Jesus states what is lacking in coming unto perfection. Notice what he says to the church at Ephesus. He said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. Now, he, he told them, I know your works. He's talking to them. We know the voice there. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars. This is the voice of the Lord coming to each church, to each individual, to him that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches in one mind and one accord, and they're hearing the voice. Now it's up to them, each of the churches, to obey. Obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Through this exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, whereby, through obedience, we are made partakers of his divine nature. And he goes on and says, I know thy works, and I know your labor, your patience. He's telling them, these are some good things that you have. And you cannot bear those that say that are evil. You've tried them that say they're apostles that are not, but are false. But then he's telling each church what you're lacking. To come unto perfection, to the measure of the statue of Jesus, unto a perfect man, which we're all called for. And he says there, there that nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. And states what is because thou hast left thy first love. Now, what does that mean? It means they've gone into mechanical worship. They go there. They take things for granted. They're the uh, work of the Holy Ghost in that uh, stirred up in the spirit. And they become at ease in Zion. They're drawing mechanical. Then he says, remember, therefore, from which thou art fallen, and repent. Come back into doing the will of God in the works that accompany salvation. And then, and do your first works over. There's the works. The works that accompany salvation because faith without works is dead being alone. And that's where the dominant church works works, uh, in the works of the churches have missed it. Saying that's not necessary. It's not essential. You're just there. You believe in Jesus. He's the son of God. You're saved. No, you're not. There are works that accompany salvation, and 
then you're only saved to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. You'll see that Paul stated in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. That's how we're saved. Drawing unto salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. We have to be sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body, and belief of the truth. All truth, not partial truth. So we know the person of Jesus. He is the Father. Now he's going into the works in Revelation 2nd and the 3rd chapter. And he said, I have somewhat against you. Repent and do your first works over. Why the works? Because it's faith. There is made perfect uh, through the works and obedience under righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness. And he says, if you don't do this, if you don't come all the way to perfection, he said, repent and do your first works over. If you do not, I will come or else I will come unto you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent, except you start walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. And that requires faith with works that accompany salvation. And that's the reason Jesus said, repent and do your first works over. Do that what you know to do in following the leading of the Holy Ghost and obeying the voice of God, which you did at the first, but then you took it for granted. You become lackadaisical. You laid back. And now you've got to repent and do those first works over. You've got to work those works of faith. And by doing so, if you do, you'll be pleasing to the Lord. But he said, if you don't, else, I will come and remove your candlestick out of its place. Then there'll be no light. If there's no light in the candlestick, then it's the blind leading the blind. So we're seeing with Jesus, it's all or nothing. When we are in that present truth, in the present light of the glorious gospel, walking in the light as he's in the light, then it's pleasing to the Lord. But if we do not, if thine eye be darkness, and how great is that darkness? But if your eye is, if that eye is full of light, the whole body's full of light. But if thine eye be darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, that's works. The works that accompany salvation, which faith without works is dead, being alone. And he tells the church at Ephesus, repent and do your first works over. Because take heed how you hear. That here is not just hear the word of God. It's here, then obey the word of God and unto perfection. And that is where you grow up into Jesus in all truth, in all things, and become a vessel meet for the master's use. They said, Jesus warned us and said, take heed how you hear. With the same measure you meet with all, be measured to you again. To him that hath shall be given, he'll have the more. You're constantly growing in the Lord Jesus Christ from faith, from uh, 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 growing in grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We know that. It is a continual process of growing uh, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, growing up into Jesus in all things and all truth and all faith. How then, if we fall away and don't walk in that present truth preceding word of God, then Jesus will start and chasing us, chasing us with his rod, so we will not be condemned with the world, not to destroy us, but get us to turn to the true living God in the preceding word, in the present truth of the word of God. 
So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. That's blood flow. That's blood flow with the members in the body of Christ. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Notice that blood flow is essential minute by minute, hour by hour cleansing of all sin through obedience. At any time we cut off the blood flow in the body of Christ, that member dies. We have to constantly be pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we do not, then we do not have a perfect mind and it's at ease in Zion. And then we have to be stirred up just like he did in Ephesus. Paul stated that. He said, I am not already perfect yet, neither have I already attained to the church of Philippi. But he said, this is one thing that I do. I'm reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forth of those things of faith. More, more to come. And the ones that have the Holy Ghost know there's more to come. Always trying to apprehend that of which he's apprehended of Christ Jesus, pressing toward the mark. The mark is the, not the beginning of the Hebrew alphabet, aloft, bet, or gamble, but it's the tav, the last letter, overcoming to the end, partaking of Jesus in all truth. And that is the tav. That's the reason you see, present toward the mark, the mark for the prize, the sealing of God in the forehead is the word of God. And you'll see that in Ezekiel 9. There was six men with a whipping weapon uh, beside their side, but there was a man with an acorn. They had six men with a destroying weapon. They're going to go through Jerusalem. The judgment is going to begin at the house of God. And the righteous scarcely be saved. Then where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? But there was another man that had a rider's acorn by his side. That's the ceiling that God is doing now. In Revelation 7, it's the apocalyptic ceiling of those that are crying out for the sense of abomination done in Jerusalem. What? In the church. And I'm talking about Jerusalem speaking to Hagar, which is still in bondage. I'm talking about the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the mother of us all. I'm talking about the church and assembly of the firstborns whose names are written in heaven. The ones that God is going to use unto perfection for the work of the ministry that we're called for now. And this requires us to go on unto perfection in order to be counted worthy for what? For the work of the ministry. And he's there, it starts at Ephesus. And he says there, if you don't repent and do your first works over works, then if it was just, well, just believe on Jesus and that's all there is to it. Well, Jesus wouldn't be talking this way to the church at Ephesus. And somebody said, well, that's to the natural Jews. No, it's not. It's to the church of the living God. To showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. This is the voice of the Lord. We see in Revelation 4 that John's going to tell us and proclaim to us what will come to pass hereafter. And what's he revealing to us? Throne room revelation, not just Pentecostal glory. Not sanctuary, but within the veil, showing us throne room revelation, what the throne room and what we're going to be in the golden oil, emptying out of ourselves the golden oil, which is throne room revelation in a higher, much higher glory than Pentecost. 
God's called that for us now in this last day, latter reign of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2 was the former reign, and it was a moderate reign, the reign of the Holy Ghost. But there remains a latter reign, the last great reign of his strength, and those have to see the work, the work of the ministry, and that's only through those that are coming unto perfection to the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. There, notice that he says, take heed how you hear, how you hear the word of God and trust in and obey it. For him that hath shall be given, he'll have the more. But him that hath not, that do not go on to the preceding word of God, walking in the light as he's in the light, it says shall be taken away even that which he has. What does that teach us? It means it's all or nothing. We either go all the way. It's what he's telling the church at Ephesus. You've done many good things. Just as uh, Matthew 7, when Jesus states, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. They've done many good things there. Only those that do the will of God will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven unto the measure of the statue of Jesus unto perfection. And they will begin to profess unto Jesus. Lord, We've done many wonderful works in your name. In your name, we've cast out devils. And in thy name, we've done, uh, we prophesied. Then the Lord will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, the work of iniquity. What's iniquity? Lawlessness. You weren't being led of the Spirit of God in obedience. You didn't obey the, the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is the work and the works that accompany faith. And that's exactly what he's telling Ephesus here. You repent and do your first works, else if you do not, I will come and remove your candlestick, your light within your church out of its place. Then it'll be the blind leading the blind. And he does it to each church. He goes to Smyrna and he tells them, I know your works, tribulation, poverty, thou art rich. You know the blasphemy in them and say they're Jews and are not. Those are the ones that, that's never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. He's telling them this is what you're going to go through and to be prepared for it. Just as he said in John 16, he said, behold, I forewarned you that you should not be offended. Time come, they're going to lift you up out of the sin of God's out of the church. You say, the time cometh that whosoever kills you would think that he did God a service. He's telling them the same thing here in Smyrna. He said, fear none of those things. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. What does he say? And that, and that you may be tried. You shall have tribulation 10 days. Well, that's the 10 days of all in the Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, there with introspection. Then he says, be thou faithful unto death, be a faithful witness of Jesus, saving your testimony with your own blood, and I will give you a crown of life. Well, there he talks about the overcomer again. Those are the young men. Because John states that in 1 John 2, 12-14, I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. They're the ones that have read the word of God, Genesis to Revelation, not one time, many times, and they are uh, uh, very astute in obedience and obeying the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in, in Romans 12, 1. 
Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Don't fall for a prosperity gospel. Many have erred, thinking that gain is godliness from such turn away. Those that will be rich fall into diverse, t- diverse temptations and many hurtful lust. It's how hardly shall those that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. There, that's where they miss it. There, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get the mind of Christ. That is through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Then what happens? That you may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is? That is what Jesus stated in Matthew 7, that if we didn't do the will of God, he said, depart from me, you that work iniquity, for you did not do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. You didn't do the will of God. Well, then we have no access to the kingdom of heaven. That's what he's saying to the churches. We go to Pergamos. We find that's where Satan's seat is and where Satan dwelleth. Notice what he says. Uh, and you, again, to the overcomer, that we're coming into the ones where we eat the hidden manna. That's the church of the living God in the last days. And a new name, a stone with a new name written that only he knows that receives it. This is why John, whenever he was about to write what the seven thunders uttered, said, write it not. It's only him that receives it. And he had to get it out of the book. Take the little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. Not part of it, not partial truth, eat all of it. Why? Because the word of God has to be strong in you. It has to be strong in me. We can't just listen to somebody else and go in on somebody else's faith. We have to have oil for our own lamp. And that oil, when the bridegroom cometh, we have to have the oil for the lamp, which is the truth of the word of God. The Holy Ghost is the fire that lights it. All the virgins trim their lamps, but five are wise, five were five foolish. The foolish ones, they lit their lamp, but it went out. They didn't have enough oil. And then they came to the ones that did have enough oil and said, give us of your oil. Well, ours went out and the, the wise ones said, well, we don't have enough. We can't give it to you. Go to them that, that sell. And when they went to find it then, it's too late. You have to get it now. Now faith is the substance of things so far. You have to buy, get all you can and can all you get, buy the truth and sell it not. It's the time now. Whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. We're nothing but servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. But while I was preaching in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa in 2019, there on the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited me and said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. I took that as a profound truth and an exhortation from the Lord and admonishing that to get this done and get on the front burner with it and bring it to the people of God as your servant. I pop the rag shine your shoes as a shoe shine boy there to help and lift up the name of Jesus for the body of Christ there to be edified. That's what we're doing now. But who has an ear to hear? Satan's seat. He said there, 
uh, in Pergamos, where Satan's seat is, where Satan dwelleth. He's going to sit in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God among the churches. This is, the, this is uh, these perverse things being spoken even in the true churches of the living God. There, the chaff's going with the wheat. How be it? The ones that are overcomers, notice what he says, the ones in Pergamos. He that overcometh, that ones in Pergamos, I'm going to give you to eat of the hidden manna. That's the reason why in the last days, uh, there all you find in that testimony are the tables of stone. Why? Because the hidden manna's gone, and Aaron's rod that budded's given to the saints. That rod, read like unto a rod, to measure the temple of God. And that hidden manna is the truth all the way to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in all truth. And will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written. Written, that's the word of God, the Holy Writ. Knowing the things, uh, search you out of the book and read, not one of these things will fail. It's not going to be a general faith that you hear from a preacher or pastor behind a pulpit. Why? Because John, in Revelation 10, he's heard what the seven thunders uttered their voices. He was about to write, but it's not coming that way. The body of Christ, the John, that will forerun Jesus in this last day, latter reign of the Holy Ghost, in the spirit of Elijah. They are the ones that will take the book out of the angel's hand, the little book, the Bibliaridian, and eat all of it. Eat all of it, not part of it, not partial truth, all of it. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, bitter to your belly. And uh, nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. Well, the kingdom of God suffers violence, the violent take it by force. The law and the prophets were unto John since that time men pressed their way into it. Just as Paul said, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. There you need, uh, there the ones that know this truth, the one God, the Jesus apostolic doctrine of Christ, that you're going on into the work. We have to come together. Call me. Leave a message on my phone. I'll get back to you where we can work together. We have to come together. We can't be a prey for every ravenous beast scattered upon every high hill because if we do that, it'll never happen. We go right on to Thyatira. Sardis, I have not found your works perfect. Philadelphia, Laodicea, the Laodicean church today. We're increased with goods, have need of nothing, clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. That's what the so-called church says today. I, I'm increased with goods. I'm a prosperity church. I'm clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. But Jesus said, knowest thou not your you're poor, naked, wretched, and destitute. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Well, we need to hear from you. The body of Christ has to come together in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, as we speak the same things in one mind and one accord. And then the Lord will freely frame it together, compact it, according to the measure of each individual member in particular, the measure of faith given to each one of us, that is not a general faith. It's not just hearing a pastor saying these are general principles of the word. It is knowing the will of God that God has called you in particular for and dealt to you, your, your, yourself, 
the measure of faith. That is an individual member in particular measure of faith for you to do the will of God, and only you can do it. It's not a general faith. That's the reason why you search out the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. Search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life. These are they testify of me. That's the ones that Jesus stated. Uh, there be uh, there in the last days. They call him Lord, Lord, but they do not do. They do not do the will of God. They draw close to him with their lips, their hearts far away. We must do the will of God. And that is an individual, uh, personal calling of God for each individual's life. The only way we know that is Romans 12, verse 1, that Paul tells us how to do it. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How did you get that renewing of your mind? That you're searching the scriptures. You're eating the little book. It's sweet to your mouth as honey. It's bitter to your belly. And then after you've done that, your personal call in that Revelation 10 to John, in the spirit of Elijah, you must again prophesy before many kindreds, tongues, nations, and kings. Those, many, all those nations right there will have the gospel of the kingdom preached to them and all the world. For a witness unto all nations and then the end will come, but it's your individual faith fitly framed together that the eye can't say the hand, I have no need of you. The hand can't say the feet, I have no need of you. God has placed a more abundant honor on the less comely parts. There'd be no chism or division in the body. That's the reason the body has to come together. Then again, where we're not made to pray for every ravenous beast and a prey on every high hill scattered all over, rather than coming together in one mind or one accord. But if you will, and you feel the call of God in your life, then give me a call. There, my country code is plus one, nine zero three, area code seven four six four eight eight five. Leave a message, I'll get right back to you so we can work together. Need to shake hands with you, and we will come together, one mind and one accord, to, pre- to take this gospel of Jesus Christ to the world for a witness unto all nations. Hear what the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus is saying to us. He is calling us together. Again, give me a call, leave a message. I'll be right back to you. Plus one, country code, 903, area code, 746-4885. We need to hear from you. Body of Christ, come together. That's going to be a great, great work. We're seeing a great move right now in Africa, India. There are those in the United States. uh, Two-thirds of our downloads on the podcast are right here in the United States and following their Europe. We need to hear from you. There, make a stance. Don't procrastinate. Stand for Jesus in the present truth, knowing the work of God. Many know the person of God, but now we have to do the work, the work of the ministry. And uh, when this word has gone forth to all the world in the fullness and power of Jesus Christ, through the body of Christ, then the Lord Jesus will come. That is, he will split the the Mount of Olives and he will set up a millennial kingdom. And we, the body of Christ, will be kings and priests and we will reign with the Lord a thousand years. But we must take heed now to the call of God and the voice of God now. 
to the overcomers. That is the work of the ministry. These works that accompany salvation, which faith is made perfect. Now we pray for each one of you that God perfect that which is lacking in each of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.